This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Music, horror, art, politics, bad assery. Welcome to Society Thirteen. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. And overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks. His peppers that were being stolen by pepper pickers. <laughs> Can you do Kermit again, please? Hey, nowhere. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, well, this is Kermit the Frog. You're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Hey, guys. How you doing? Folks, friends, and fiends, and Jen Marie in the background barking. As soon as we start, she has to start barking. Yeah, What's up? All right, so in the studio today, <laughs> I've got Kermit. No, we have Dan hey, Dan Forte from uh, the Ninth Story Podcast, and of course, special guest John Towers, Red Horse Radio. Hello, everybody. And we just attended Horror Realm in Pittsburgh. Yeah, not Horror Realm. That's something totally different. It's it's the New York accent. I can't. I can't. Is that some? Is that for the Women of Horror Month? <laughs> That'd be some epic. Wow. Now, that would be a convention. Horror. Jeez. Horror. All right. Well, we just heard a little, uh, little, uh, our little interlude there was from our friend, uh, well, your friend of mine, John, uh, Chris Mariano and the Omatic show. Oh, yeah. Great stuff. Pee Wee Herman stuff for, uh, the, well, the adult crowd out there these days. He's um, such a great, he's such a great dude. He's so absolutely. fun. Yeah. Yes. If you guys can go back and watch the episode from February 25th, I believe, he had technical issues, issues, so the puppets had to take over the show, and it was hysterical. He's actually very proud of it. Yeah. Very proud of it. Um, Were the puppets made of meat? No. <laughs> no, but he did make them all himself. He has one that's made out of aluminium. And he's a, yes, yeah, aluminium. <laughs> but he is a musician himself, and right now we're, we're finagling with a dog in the studio, wrapping herself in wires. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. He, he's probably one of our, my favorite, uh, convention neighbors. That we He met. was so just unique and, uh, fun guy to hang out with. Yes, Chris Mariano, look him up on Facebook, look up the Omatics as his band as well as the show. How do you the spell Omatic that? show. It's actually a weird spelling because it's O and then what is it? The greater than sign? Yeah. And then M-A-T-I-C-S, Omatics. And he got the term from the, um, oh, the ride in Disneyland. What's that? The, uh, world? the teacups, the no, zipper. No, 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 no. The one the that Gravitron. goes all the way back to the first rides ever. 
Um, Tower of Terror. Nah, we'll get back to that. <laughs> a tire swing. I don't know. This <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Actually, it's uh, nah, nah, it slips my mind now. All right, so, so I'm going to speak in a 1930s accent for the rest of the show. Oh, okay, say. <laughs> They I, shot me in the face with some chemicals and a pea shooter, say. That's right. The show's been taken over. <laughs> All right, so, uh, John Towers. We Dr. almost John held Towers. hands there for a second. Yeah, we, were, we were trying to pet the dog at the same time. Dan held grabbed hands. my hand. It was intimate for a moment. You it's not the, that kind you, of show. I, I saw the, your death. <laughs> did you catch the football game? Jesus Christ. Remind me of planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Oh, Jesus. So, the Jin Jihad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get serious here, man. Oh, oh yeah. You have see. a book out. Yeah. Uh, a 200 page uh, graphic novel called The Jin Jihad. And it's graphic. <laughs> it gets right graphic. Yeah. Once again, folks, an actual book, kids, an actual book. It's a graphic novel. It's fantastic. It's a, uh, it's actually pretty apropos that Dan's here since he was, uh, he was one of my beta readers for, for the project. Yeah. I was. Uh, explain. Uh, what a beta reader is? Yeah. A beta reader is, it's basically like a beta tester. It's like one, it's, I assembled a team of people that I trusted. Like the super friends. Yeah. Exactly like the super friends with the, assembled from across the galaxy. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, Dan read John's novel. (laughs) So I had a group of uh, guys that I got together, um, to read my book and basically find any kind of inconsistencies or uh, any kind of story notes that I might have missed through through the way to clarify stuff. Basically, it's like a pre-editor, like it's you're it's like an editor that's happening in the process. And I um I think that everybody should have these because yeah, yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. I mean, essentially, it's like you know you look at the book and you say, okay, the way I do it, it's like okay. I'm reading along and here's something that pulled me out of the story or in this panel, this happened. And in the next panel, this happens and it, it it's inconsistent. So I, you know, you look for that kind of thing. Um, wait, wait, you, you told John something was inconsistent. Yeah. There's like one scene where a dude had glasses on. How did you take that? He no, beat the fuck out. No, I didn't. I, I treated, I treat, um, I treated it very well. What he wanted. Out of the whole, uh, out of the whole team, the, my beta team, Dan was probably the most on point and, uh, complete. Um, well, so I had a, a proofreader also and, um, and a beta team to go through. So it's great that Dan's here because, you know, he's, was a huge part of the process. You hear well, that kids? You. you hear that kids? You need the in between. Put your freaking, put all your pride aside and get somebody to help you out, man. Everybody needs a proofreader. This is the and problem that I have with self-published books because I, I don't have any problem at all with self-publishing. I think that. But you gotta do it right, right? Exactly. Yeah. You need to have somebody edit, read, find out what's wrong with it. You can't just write it on Tuesday and publish it on Wednesday. No. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I'm privy to that one too. <laughs> um, no, you can't. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the story is basically, my sort of elevator pitch for the story is, uh, I like elevators. Some, <laughs> ding! Victoria! <laughs> so, uh, the, the pitch is that, uh, terrorists, bring in instead of bringing in like a nuclear weapon or something goofy that you'd see like on 24 uh they actually bring in a magic lamp that has a genie trapped in it and they release the genie and it comes out and it's fucking like kicking are we allowed to swear still here is it absolutely okay so it's like uh it's kicking buildings down and destroying um everything and uh my team of uh Hero, what? I'm busting up the place, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, my team of good guys, uh, the non-standard assembly kind of band together, uh, to fight the, the genie and uh, archangels come down and fight the thing and, uh, it's basically unstoppable. I think that that's a very good description of it. <laughs> How cool is that story though? Uh, they bring best. in a genie instead of a nuclear bomb. <laughs> it, yeah. I yeah, mean, and there's like a, I mean, it's not just, you know, I explain where the genie comes from. <clears throat> yeah, that genie got fucked over. Yeah, and what happened, and like what happened. I feel bad him. for the genie. Well, you know, I really teetered on that story point, whether you should or not, and, uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't at the end. Yeah, I think at the end I put the nail in the coffin where you're like, this guy is a fucking monster, like, right. you know. But he could have been a decent guy. Yeah, I also had a part in one of the- Spoilers. I also had a, what? 
I don't do spoilers, but okay. There's no okay. spoilers. I didn't spoil in that. anything. I don't think we kind of not. That's no. Not. Okay, so uh, I, mean, I think a, a bad guy is more interesting if you have some sympathy for the bad oh, guy. Absolutely. If you know where I, where it comes from, and sympathy I'm just for saying, the devil. I mean, he, come on. He, did, he does that. He yeah. gives you an in to kind of understand why he became as evil. Okay, as he so is. what happens is right. We establish that there's that there's gin in the world, and right. you know, like not Barbara Eden. Genie, you know, not Aladdin. Uh, uh, she was kind of hot. Yeah, uh-huh. she, yeah. Well, um, so what happens is, is there's a ancient kind of secret society or order called the Dar El Harb. And th- it's a, basically, it's a contab- confabulation, uh, of the, uh, Hesheans, word usage. <laughs> uh, which is a real life thing. It actually happened. Like it's, uh, the Hesheen is where we, have the word assassin comes from. It's a secret society. And what they would do is they would drug, uh, using hashish, which is why they're called hashashins, uh, in uh, a very popular substance over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they would get these recruits high and they would sensory deprivate them and basically convert them. Ooh. So, um, uh, so basically they catch this genie who's a magical creature and they, they go through this process with him, basically radicalizing him into, you know, uh, um, so they turn this magical creature into a monster, basically, and they let him loose and he eventually gets trapped. You know, he gets uh, one of the good guys in the ancient days, traps him in the, uh, in the, the lamp and the lamp's found and it gets used in this plot, you know, to, to do whatever. So what? that's I mean, where it comes is from. Is this something that was sitting in your head for years? Now, I've read all your comics uh, up until a certain point, I think like 50 of them. And then I, I, I was out of it for a while waiting for this. But now you've used the Dar Harab. Is that how you say it? Dar El Harab. I love asking you. We, we talked about this earlier that it's fun to make people say weird shit. <laughs> like Lucas even said that he likes to hear how people are like going to pronounce. Like the Tutti Frutti, the Rudy Tutti like, Fresh and Fruity. You, you want to hear how, because I've had Towers in here so many times, but you want to hear how people now, is that just pure fun for you, or do you, well, do you the, have an actual pronunciation the for Dar, these guys? The Dar el-Harb is actually, it's a bastardization of an Arab term, Dar-Harb, which okay. means the house of war. Right. But I wanted three syllables, so I added an owl nice. in there. <clears throat> because Plus, now they won't kill you either. <laughs> well, I... you're not a heretic. I kind of always expected to have a fatwa <laughs> issued against me anyways. <laughs> Yes. Like I have the escape plan. Yeah, I'm gonna hang out with Sal Base. <laughs> How long has this this well graphic novel been sitting in your head? Uh, bits and pieces of it have been sitting around for a while, and um, and it's you... basically kind of like a scab rip from 9/11. Still, like you mm. know, there's still stuff in it, like buildings falling down and stuff, and it's just kind of well, you know been there. Always gonna be a part of our. I mean. I love the angels flying out like missiles on the well, cover. Well, the cover is badass, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all. But, I, like, I, do you look at this as, like, a, um, is it a continuation of your story, your comics? Yeah. Or it, is it an offshoot? It, well, it can be seen as kind of the same thing. Like, I, I do, that. I do enough, uh, exposition in, in here to where, uh, you don't have to read the last 10 years of the new Apocrypha story to, to enjoy the book. But if you do. Nice, yeah. But if you do know the book, then you can pick it up and it's just a straight up continuation See, that's of the story. That's key. That's key. Like somebody can pick it up and say, this was great, I'm done. Or hey, where's the rest of it? Right. I, that's so key. Like, oh. what happened? <laughs> well, just from like, just from like, oh. a, you made me jump. <laughs> like, just from like a catalog standpoint, like the, you know, the business model kind of standpoint is one of the worst things we can do, uh, as creators is have something cool that a reader and potential uh, client finds and they like and not have more something else for them to get into. We talked about that on our way into the horror yeah. realm today. Horror realm. <laughs> I can't do that Pittsburgh thing, man. And you're not even from Pittsburgh. No, it's not a Pittsburgh thing. It's called nah, English. If it's Pittsburgh, you say, hey, you got down here a horror realm. What's going on down here? You, know, you jag off. You better be careful. It's slippy out there today. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, um, uh, you don't need to know, but running up to the book release, I was doing a lot of free giveaways of mm-hmm. my older stuff. Yes. Uh, you know, um, so people could jump on and read them, read them online, like the, the books that you, that would complement this. So I was making that available to, to folks for free. You know, I was just giving them away or whatever. What was the feedback like? Have you gotten like positive, uh, negative? No, I think, you know, truthfully, I haven't gotten a whole lot of feedback and, 
I'm not really surprised because I think that the subject matter really throws cold water on um, on that. It's a secret. I read it, but I don't tell no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you say cold water, but mm, what do you mean like people are afraid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, like look at... It's like the, porn. They're afraid to admit they like it. Yeah, the, like the, right. Like I the Charlie... I wouldn't even say that the book's religious. It just no. has... It's not. It just has like... I just use like the crazy part of the religion. You know, everyone says, well, like... Not every Muslim is a terrorist. This book agrees with that. Mm. And I go out of my way to point out that not every Muslim is Arab. You know, we, they talk right, about, they right. talk about Cro- Croatia, they talk about, uh, Chechnya, they talk about Thailand. What did you guys see at Horror Realm today that impressed you? Hmm. I got a one. A t-shirt? No, I got one. We have to talk about this one. What? We saw something. Well, the, the we're tra- gonna get back to John in a little bit the, here. The trailer for that, uh. Yeah, we're gonna get to okay. that. Okay. We're gonna I'm get sorry. to that. We're gonna talk about this movie see? that's coming out. But you know, right now we're gonna hold that. We gotta pay the oh. bills. We gotta pay the bills. Yeah, it's been fifteen minutes. Pay the bills. Pay. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker. With dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. This. I don't know. I will bend like a reed in the wind. <laughs> Where may Shai Halud clear the path before you. Wow. I just see Dune down here. That's that's the whole thing. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So we got Dr. John Towers and Mr. Dan Foytick from the ninth story. And, uh, of course, Red Horse Radio, John Towers. I mean, how's that going for you these days? Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. How do they find you and what was the latest show they can tune into? Uh, the show goes weekly and you can find me at www.redhorseradio.com or you can find all things me at www.stigmatastudios.com. And Twitter. Yeah, you can just Google me. I'm like the easiest John Towers to find out there. <laughs> it's within, it's with, without the H. Yeah, J-O-N. And, uh, well, Twitter. Did you give Twitter? At Johnny X. Okay. Yeah. At Johnny, I got you there. Now, ninth story, real quick. You got to plug yourself here, and let's talk about ninth story a little bit. Okay. What do, you want to, what do you want to know? Victoria. Victoria. Your co-host. Well, She's she was there. Mascot, right? She was there whenever I got there. It's it's really her building. It's her elevator. I'm just there for the ride. Well, let's explain ninth story here. As a, My dog is climbing into our laps here. Yeah. yeah it's I, not a lap dog either. It's no, dirty. very big. Uh, so, ninth story. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it, man. Okay. Well, the ninth story is uh, kind of a – I'm on hiatus for the next month, but normally it's a weekly examination of story and storytelling uh, and all things story-related. So we talk about Ooh. movies and John Towers belching and – great bass on that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like from his throat. He put the microphone it's against his like throat. From, it's from the feet right there. <laughs> I came from down low. <laughs> it's not uh, my first rodeo, boys. <laughs> so I'm, I love story and storytelling and um, – I do. We have discussion about how you tell a good story and what makes story fun. And I mean, really, it's it's story is everything that we do. Everything we we do is telling a story. What we're doing right now is telling stories. Mm-hmm. You spend ninety percent of your day telling story, unless you're doing math or 
and, and you know, depending upon who you are, maybe that's storytelling too. True. Creative bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> but now you have like a ton of shows and people like they can tune in while you're taking your little hiatus here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to actually put up a couple episodes while I'm on hiatus. I have an offshoot of the night story that I did called story radio, which is, was a play on call the S T R Y radio. And I did live recordings at the national storytelling festival last year in October. And uh, those were exclusive to story radio. So during my hiatus, I'm going to move those over to the main feed and put those out. And I also have a bonus cast that I did with Mm -hmm. the stepfather from the caveman mafia podcast. He went out to see 50 shades of gray and came back with some (laughs) less than glowing reviews. (laughs) 50 shades of shit. That's right. 50 shades of fan fiction. Well, I can say that I have interviewed and talked to a lot of women about this, women authors, and they all come back saying, first of all, they say, I would have been the man in the situation. Well, and not, number two, well, <laughs> it sucked. They they were not impressed by the situations. So, Well, here's the thing. I'll say two positive things. About I know a lot of aggressive women. I'm just saying. It sounds like you know a lot of tops, dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you two positive things about Fifty Shades of Grey because I've torn it apart enough times. I'll tell you two. And I always like to be balanced. So two positive things. One, it seems to have opened up a lot of dialogue about that lifestyle, which I think is a good thing because it's bringing stuff that was hidden away and, and, and swept under the rug out into the forefront where people were actually talking about it. And two, if it gets somebody into reading, I'm all for it because, okay. you know, it's... I'm for that. I agree. I agree. It, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be good. I'm not the demographic. You're not the demographic. I know they weren't writing to us when they wrote that story. Right, so it right. has an audience of some sort, but... Yeah. If it gets people back into reading, I'm cool with that. That's right. I Just read cool better stuff yes. after And that. you have something going on here. You have a story. Don't you have a story... I do. And? About? Come on. You're not going to plug yourself here, are you? Oh, well, I mean, what do you want me to plug? I mean, we, we do, I, I, like, in addition to doing the story discussion, I also write my own content and produce on occasion. Why did I have to, like, pull teeth? I don't know. I don't like to promote myself. I guess yeah. that's a that's that's that's, that's a flaw. That's I, I need to work on that. But uh, so in addition, the end's being very fucking difficult right now. <laughs> I've had a few. I've I've had a few wines. People keep feeding me wine, so I get a little funky. Um, but no. In addition to that, I, I produce something called the Lift, which is kind of like a Twilight Zone meets. Fantasy Island meets Outer Limits, and Victoria, who uh, you mentioned previously, features pretty prominently into that. And essentially, what it is is each level of the nine story. There are nine stories on this in this building, and each level takes you to um, kind of a, a a different hang up, sin, whatever you want to call it. And you're supposed to learn a lesson there. And if you don't, you get stuck in the building. Lingerie, third floor. <laughs> well, you know, we might we might work on that one. Um, <laughs> What else do you want me to tell you? So I, I write I write some original stories and I read those on there as well from time to time. But mainly it's it's been for a long period of time uh, an opportunity to talk to authors and painters and um, sculptors, sculptors, basically anybody who tells a story through their work, creatives that are storytellers. Well, I hate to say this, but I, my dog Jet just farted in the studio. Oh. My eyes hurt right now. Well, that's a story. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, a, story. that's a story. I apologize. That's a, that's that. a bad story. It's a, it's a small room. Ooh, what I think doing? that was you, Dave. No, man. No. No, <laughs> she's very distinct. Hey. Ooh. What are you doing? Yow. Anyway. Moving on. You have so Victoria. You can, you can, if At least Victoria doesn't do that. That was the most religious thing that's ever happened on your show. <laughs> so if you, if you, if you want to find Ninth Story, it's at www.ninthstory.com. That's, that's where you can end on Twitter, at Ninth Story. And it's a great show, folks. The smoke is cleared. I can see again. <laughs> I can still smell it. I can't breathe. <clears throat> My nose have been, has been busted five times. Yeah, we've so witnessed one of them. I'm uh, I'm lucky I can get one nostril to work. So I luckily yeah. I don't smell I don't smell the you only smell half thing. of it. It's like with the look on your face it's like mustard gas. <laughs> it's like you're in a trench. I think I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> Jet Marie, please, you leave the studio. Boxer Lab, part pit bull, all fart. Part Sarlacc pit. Yeah, oh, that was a rough one. Well, that's what I get for feeding her before the show. Anyway, so we saw this trailer today, guys. I need your point of view on this. Uh, Pieces of Talent. We met Christy Ray, 
Joe Stoffer and David Long. Actually, David Long wasn't there. We met Christy Bray, and she promoted this. We watched this trailer for this thing, which was an indie film that blew us the fuck out of the water. Am I right? I have some questions. Uh-oh. Okay, so the 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 thrust of this is that this guy is making independent horror films, right? Mm. Am I correct? I believe. But he's doing it for real. Uh, mm, That's yeah. the impression I got. It's funny because I just did a recent show where I interviewed two of our friends, Diane and Denise from History Goes Bump, and we had a, a side discussion where we talked about going to haunted houses. And I said one of my fears of going to a haunted house was – Okay, I know it's all fake, yeah, but what no, if there's no one guy in there that's nuts that he decides that he's going to, on the last night, use his chainsaw for real? Uh, you mean like the homeless guy? And just chop people the fuck up. <laughs> and and other people be walking through the haunted house going, wow, Killer that squatter. looks really yeah. real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I watch the trailer, that's the, kind of the feeling that I got is like the girl gets into this because she thinks it's you know, a, a film, and it's it's definitely a film, but he's, like, really doing shit. Well, as we speak, it's being played right now at Horror Realm. Um, I, I, Towers, what do you think, man? Pieces of talent. It's this disturbing. Movie. I, think it, I think it looked good. Um, <clears throat> I think that it is probably the most professional-looking indie movie I've seen in a really long time. Agreed. And um, on a side note, you know I like to analyze – you know, packaging and branding and, and marketing right. and stuff. Is uh, there some esoteric stuff on here? No, but what there is not, there is not a synopsis at all no, on the back, yeah. of, on the back of the, the movie. And the images There's, you get in that trailer are amazing. Yeah. Well, you see the part with him at a piano in a field? Yeah. What the hell? I don't know. I don't know. It looks, it looks really good. I'm super intrigued. I just wish there was more of a explanation on the back. I'll tell you what, her, her scream, when she's covered with blood and she lets that scream loose, I haven't heard anybody. My favorite part is the the reveal of the weird torture machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. I'd say saw, but now this is not saw. Is this Uh, the whole movie? uh, Yes, that's the actual movie we're holding in our hands here. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know if this was like a a screener or if this was the actual movie. That's the actual movie, and they 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 gave me that, but they also had they were showing the teaser for part two, which didn't ruin part one. I thought that was awesome because the guy that's investigating or going back to see what happened to his either family or friends. I'm not sure you can't get much out of that um, i didn't watch the i didn't watch the trailer for the second part it was cool but um i do also would like to say that <clears throat> when um their setup at their booth was perfect because you you and i have been to many conventions yes. where they have some indie horror movie person with their tvs blaring and you get to hear the same music and screaming oh and God. shit all over fucking weekend and over <laughs> but they had like these cool flat screen tvs set up and, and headphones and headphones so as not to irritate the people around them, which I I was I was like thank Shy Halud. Yes, but those headphones were state of the art too, man. They were like um, uh, he was explaining. Actually, they're, that's they're, what I need to get to replace the ones we have here currently. In they the were uh, no, noise what? canceling. <laughs> we need to get longer wires. <laughs> longer wires would be a good thing. Yeah, I meant to before you guys got here, but <laughs> right, it's been a long, uh, long couple of weeks. Uh, trying to get in a, in a film, an indie film myself. Uh, Johnny Dagger's Blood on the Reel. You've heard about this. So he's interviewing directors, and he actually is going to interview me as a, a writer. Dwelling in the Dark is out. The Fall of Tomorrow is out on Amazon.com. Got to pay the bills, folks. Um, what, but what are these? These are books, actual yeah. books. Yeah. And you can, yeah, you can get them on Kindle too. But, um, yeah, Mr. Daggers I wants. Did, I did your, your promo, so I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you're going to hear that on this show. That it's promo amazing. is so good. Dan Foyte is a master technician. And we are so happy to have him aboard in society. I'm very 13. modest. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. We have like the, the originator, John Towers, who started off with all of us on Red Horse Radio. And then we go to the newcomer, Dan Foytek in Society, Society 13, however, has been doing his own thing for years and is actually, I mean, he's our Obi-Wan at this point. He's teaching us all kinds of shit. I like to share my knowledge. <laughs> no. I hate that you're so soft-spoken right now. I, I I'm really, shy. I hate it. I hate it. I hate this. But well, what anyway. do you want him to do, Dave? You want him to be like, hey, yeah, man. hey man, I'm fucking awesome. Actually, now, check it out, baby. I'm great. Look at what I can do. You want to see you, what I can do? I'll tell you right now. I'm going to ask you to read the back of this cover. Hey, you know, maybe Gary Busey come in here and tell you a few things. 
Uh, you know, your dog's getting fresh with me. I met this guy. Yeah, she does that. I met this guy today. Bob Kramer buys a house in Pittsburgh. Yes, the demon of Brownsville. Bob Road. Kramer buys a house in the Pittsburgh suburb he grew up in. He has no idea his dream home is about to become his worst nightmare. I don't want to be like silly. <laughs> yeah, sure. The Cranmers seemed fated to own the house at 3406 Brownsville Road. I live near Brownsville Road. Yes, we both do. Are we near Brownsville? Yeah, you're not. We took such a Mr. Toad's wild ride to get to your house. I have no idea where I am. You're two blocks away. From my house? Or from in that book. Oh. Hello, demon. As a young boy, Bob had been drawn to the property. And just when the family... I have no microphone condom, so if I'm... Bob had been drawn to the property. And just when the family decided to move back to Brentwood, it went up for sale. Without a second thought, they purchased the house that Bob had always dreamed of owning. Ghostly footsteps, unsettling, sounds like the Ninth Story building. Unsettling moaning sounds that gradually increased in violence, escalating to physical assaults. Well, that part hasn't happened. And most disturbingly, bleeding walls. Hmm. Very Amityville. How often would the walls bleed? Once a month. (laughs) Thank you. Bob, Lisa. Sorry, folks. I have nothing to do with that last comment. We're we're men. Bob, Lisa, and their four children were under attack from a malicious demon that was conjuring up terrifying manifestations to destroy their tight-knit household. I'm sorry, I'm reading without glasses. So they had two choices, leave or draw on their unwavering faith to exercise the malicious fiend who haunted their homes. Now, Bob Kramer recounts the harrowing true story of the evil presence that tormented his family and the epic spiritual war he fought to save everything he held dear. So, I guess the demon's exercised now? There's no more demon up there in Brownsville Road? It was on one of those haunted The demon is roaming the streets. What are those history channel Looking for a new home to haunt. The demon of Brownsville Road. I'm going to have this guy on, him and his son, I believe. They they do podcasts, radio shows, and I I, I was just intrigued that's local flavor. These guys were so nice. They were so nice to me. and. uh, this will be my next read when I'm done with the Jin Jihad, which we're back to right now, Dr. John Towers. Oh, nice um, so segue. What, what happens? Okay, now, again, your graphic novel. i got to publish a fucking book, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we could do that. All right, so we're going to hold on. we got to publish a book right now. <laughs>
What's that you say? <laughs> Welcome back to the Nice Story Podcast. <laughs> that's not what he was saying. Episode number 310. No, that's 311. I don't know. It's your show, not mine. <laughs> it's Kettle Whistle Radio 109. All right. So we are back once again. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of things here. I, I do want to give my video picks, uh, and I have to say movie picks now because it's not video anymore. But uh, Horror Realm, I found my copy of Spookies from Mr. Tim Gross. Great Halloween flick, throwback to the '80s. No CGI, all latex monsters. That looks like fantastic. A, looks like Star Wars. Spookies is awesome. Now I have another movie here by well by that Dan Oops. Boyd, the Jagoff Massacre guy. He said I should I would like this. It's called Oops. Without Warning. I've never heard of this movie. Uh-uh. Latex Oops. aliens out in the wilderness eating kids. I have no idea. That's the name Without of the movie. Without warning. Yeah, these are just my two picks. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said the name of the movie was. Without warning. Uh, yeah. Latex aliens out in the woods eating kids. That if I made it, that's what it would sound like. It but preys on human fear. It I, feeds on human flesh. I have never heard of this movie. Jack Palance. Really? Martin Landau. Real? Oh, Martin Landau. Cameron Mitchell. That's why I bought it, Martin Landau. I love Martin Landau. Shitty rubber. Space 1999, aliens. kids. Spookies, a night of unrelenting terror. It's a good one, man. That's a great movie the for invasion, Halloween. such as it is, <laughs> is perpetrated on various Blackwoods hunters and campers by scarcely seen aliens that look like a menacing Star Trek guest star in a glam rock outfit. The alien's rather simple frontal attack employs an arsenal of toothy, pulsating frisbees that glow in the dark and gloom onto necks, or I'm sorry, glom onto necks and backs of various flannel-clad Denzians of the woods. Who says glom? Did it? Is that, is that really what it says? Yes, I'm reading it right Frisbee. off the back. <laughs> I believe Daniel Boyd does. Tagline, ready? He writes those himself. Here we go. Yeah. My best John Fontaine. It preys on human fears. It feeds on human flesh. One way in, no way out. <laughs> this fall, without warning. I love it. Well, I, sounds like a bad night with Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> One way in, no way out. <laughs> it comes in the front and goes out the back and the front. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> it opens the sluices at both ends. <laughs> So I ran into an, another old friend in horror, horror realm. How do you, how do you in your car? Yeah, like you realm. literally ran into this person. horror realm. Byron Winton, artist. John. Yeah. Isn't he awesome? Yeah. You gotta love his art. It's good. Uh, Byron and I go way back. Yes, I know. I Bef- met him through you. Before I, uh, divorced the Pittsburgh indie comic scene. Ah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Who, so who, who got the that. kids? <laughs> I, I let them have everything. <laughs> Have it all. He's full, he's a full-time artist now, and apparently he has this thing that I don't understand, John, but you were explaining it's called to a, me. It's called a Patreon, and what it is is it's like a ongoing Kickstarter or crowdfunder where he, he puts aside some goodies, like some free exclusive content, and if you give him, you know, if a you suck, whatever, I think it's as low as a buck, but as high as whatever, um, you get access to the... You get access to him and his and his work. Like one of his one of his Patreon patrons. I don't know what they, I don't know what they call him, but like one of the guys gives him a couple bucks a month to get two exclusive sketch cards. So he sends uh, Byron a list of characters that he wants sketch cards for, and sends him some money every month. And Byron sets aside a couple hours out of his day and. Uh, picks two characters out of the list and so that's the kind of stuff it is basically it's a way for indie artists to kind of get extra money to pay their bills or whatever but some people on there are really some not to turn this into a patreon thing but some people on there make bank like there's some magna artists on there that get like 17 grand a month just from their just from their account it's like having i mean that's where their patreon comes from it's it's patron and it's like back whenever Michelangelo painted and sculpted and everything. He had a patron that yeah. basically the Pope. Yeah, the Pope. essentially. Interesting. No, I, I, I was That's not aware of this. He was explaining it to me. And Byron, I bought pieces from him. He is a phenomenal artist. Yeah. I mean, his collage with all the horror movie monsters from the eighties through the nineties. It's, it's it was in my living room. Did I, you see I, the uh, the new the new one that he did with the Time Bandits? 
I didn't see Time Bandits. Oh, yeah, man, it's good. I saw Fury Road, though, uh, the Mad Max one. I like that, but no, Time Bandits, really. So I think what also some of the the goodies that Byron has is um, you get to see, like, process shots of just, like, the pencils or just, like, the layouts of sketches, like, as he's moving through his kind of process. People love to see that shit because uncreative people are like, it's fucking magic. And you're like, no, you just boil it down to a process. and that's (laughs) Well, if you're interested, again, his name is Byron Winton, B-Y-R-O-N. Winton on uh, Facebook. Now, if you want to support him, www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Byron Winton. Support him, man. I- I'm telling you, when you see his art, you're going to be – here's the picture right here. I mean, I- seriously, when you see what he can do, uh, he's one of the more amazing people I've met. So, so does he just draw whatever you want him to, or how does that work? He needs a muse. He admitted to me he likes to have a muse. It comes from his head, but he needs to – well, you-, you can see these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got uh, Elvira there. Well, he's got Sam from Trick or Treat. You know, just – So what the answer – I think the answer is, like, there's a certain rung of – patrons that if you give him x amount of dollars he'll draw you know whatever you send to him for ah, okay like i said there, he has a guy he showed me some of the the drawings he's got a guy who gives him i don't know what the dollar amount is but sends him this much a month and byron will give him two free exclusive drawings just for that okay. guy he doesn't post them anywhere he doesn't do anything it is just for that guy to for his enjoyment or whatever exactly well all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up shortly here, but uh, we should uh, one more time. You know, your book, John. I'm sorry, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of your love. I thoroughly enjoyed how it starts. The subtlety of the interaction of the two characters in the beginning. I was like, this is not like a John Towers book. Like all of a sudden, like I, I just enjoyed the interview. Yeah. Section, and then then the shit goes down. Yeah. But yeah, you go right into it from there, and it's just like I, I don't know. Explain process here. And are we going to get a sequel? Well, it's not a, there's not going to be a Dijin Jihad 2, but there will be some new stuff coming. I'm right now, I'm working on a project. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. If it's going to be a couple of standalones or what, but, uh, it's called the Infernal Box. And it's Is about, Steven Seagal in this? No. Cause I like Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's a, um, who invited this guy? But yeah, it's just, it's basically like a continuation of this story and it kind of like picks up right where it leaves off. So it's like, the huge kind of problem that happens, uh, we get to deal with some of, some of those issues. Uh, you know, besides half of Pittsburgh being knocked down, which yeah, always fun. it's an awesome read, folks. Yes, I can tell you, being one of the first readers was was quite an honor. So pick up a copy. It's available on Amazon. You can also get it from Doctor Tower's website. Yeah, www.stigmatastudios.com. Do it, folks. I'm telling you. You can just Google search Dijin Jihad. I think it's the only thing out there. Comic fans, horror fans, it doesn't matter what. Just pick it up. It's like if you're interested in, uh, like... Angels? Angels. If you're interested in... A fatwa on John? (laughs) Right. If you're interested in uh, Middle Eastern mythology... I mean, I didn't make make any of this stuff up. This is all done by by research. You 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 do your your, your freaking research. I know that. I'm a research junkie. Yeah. Um, If you're interested in war stories, if you're interested in the... Kick-ass robots. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The best freaking character in the world. He's wearing the shirt right now. Yeah, I got my... There he is. Oh, man. He's got one of my favorite lines... I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and throw the line away. Do it. It's uh where he's he needs to distract the jinn, so he's armed his plasma weapons and he's shooting yes. his he's shooting his plasma weapons at the genie, and the genie's like, "What dark magic is this?" Because you know he doesn't know what plasma weapons are. And the and, and McCord's standing there and he goes, "It's called science, you cave dwelling savage." <laughs> so, you know, he is honestly my favorite character. Tell me a little him. bit about about Sergeant McCord. Oh, we've we've talked about him here before. He's, he's my favorite too. He's a uh, he's a uh, the best way. I guess like I boil everything down to like taglines, elevator pitches. My way to describe Sergeant McCord is he's a pre-war Democrat. No, he's a pre-war Democrat dad trapped in the body of a walking Sherman tank. That's awesome. <laughs> He's from World War II, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was constructed and developed for World War II. Yeah, he was. Uh, there was the Manhattan Project that we all know. Then there was the uh, Philadelphia Experiment, which we all right. know. He was the Pittsburgh Project, where they're trying to create robot soldiers. Ah, uh, 
Okay. Fantastic. He's badass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's got uh he's got some great lines and but the He Kate calls everybody Simpson. son, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like son, tiger, sport. Like he's got like He's little... got that <laughs> you know the the uh Captain America lingo. Yeah, he's like uh, yeah, you know, hang in there. Sporto, you know, buckaroo, that kind of like nonsense. Has he ever sworn? He's never sworn. No, no. He, he won't. No, he no. won't. That's I love that. It's against his programming. <laughs> the, well, they the did. Jin Jihad again, yeah. folks. Look it up. Find it. Yeah, the uh, the non-standard assembly is a a group of unique, dangerous individuals, quirky individuals that are are drawn together to combat uh, different stuff. But I always take pride that like the book's supposed to feel like a weirdo indie comic version of like a big summer crossover event yeah, like it's like the super friends but, <laughs> but cool yeah. and it's quirky and no capes and fucking underwear on the outside <laughs> right it's like a bunch of it's it's like the island of misfit toys meets the super friends yeah uh, i actually like that pretty good <laughs> that's spot on and now we're gonna pull some teeth uh you have something that you will not talk about no matter what i Who? say or do you me Mr. come on dan well, you have well, it's because I had no idea what the you were asking. Number thirty-eight has. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was invited <laughs> to write a story for the uh, book thirty-eight anthology, which our good friend Doctor Towers here is also writing a story for. Cool. So that's all. That's a, come on. I'm just writing a short story. <laughs> so the, it's gonna be awesome. What so it, let me take over. That means book thir- book thirty-eight is a it's a a series of anthologies. And it's based around the 38 most abandoned places in the in the world. See how he sells it. So fantastic. What, so the the lady Maddie Holiday von Stark, who's organizing everybody, basically issues you issue Dan and I uh, uh, pro, uh, abandoned place, and you got to come up with a, a story about That's it. That's so much fun. Which speaks to my soul because whenever I do the ninth story, we broadcast from a lost location, <laughs> a lost place. So anything that's a lost place fits into my paradigm quite well. <laughs> been there, been there. It's not a lost place. Well, that's because you were meant to find it. <laughs> if you weren't meant to find it, you never would have. <laughs> yeah, me and Victoria go way back. So what are you what are you working on there, Dave? Oh man, uh, my third book. But right now, it's really important that people get interested in Dwelling in the Dark on Amazon.com and BurningBowlPublishing.com. Second book, 11 if that stories. sells, then they'll want your third and fourth book. Well, I cheated because the, the first two chapters are at the end of yeah, Dwelling yeah. in the Dark. So kind yeah, It wasn't yeah, a cheat. It was clever. And there's a character yeah, that yeah, John, John actually fell in love with one of the characters in one of the short stories. That ends he laughed. Up, he cried. It became a part of him. Exactly. Yes. And he called me a jerk. <laughs> I, I left you an Amazon review face. about uh, how yeah. much of a jerk you were. <laughs> face. <laughs> but Dwelling in the Dark, that's my baby right now. It's the second book, Fall, The Fall of Tomorrow was the first. Third will be, well, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but it will just, it's coming. It's All coming, right. folks. You don't want to talk about your, the comic thing? Oh, well, that's going on. That's happening. I'm, I'm 18 pages into story, storyboarding, uh, Demon Eye. The first, uh, well, we'll see what happens after that, but it's the, uh, it's from Westward Hose, uh, burningbowlpublishing.com. Uh, it's a western horror, uh, demons and gunfighters going head to head. And, uh, two great I've, things that go great together. It's somehow, like a it worked. Cook, somehow, yeah. yeah, it worked. And it's a, you know, there's a comic book adaption being created as we speak. I'm storyboarding it and we have this crazy artist, uh, her name's Shatara. <laughs> That was not her. that kind of crazy. <laughs> no, that was not her. <laughs> not that kind of crazy. But um, it, crazy it, good. Crazy I, in a good way. I have been lackadaisical because um, apparently she's in Vietnam, and when she sends something for us to approve, it could happen in the middle of the night. Gary sends it to me, who was my publisher, and said, "Hey, do you approve of this?" And I thought, "Oh, I can get to him tomorrow." No, it's in the moment then, or we lose her. She goes to her next, because she's commissioned by many people. Right. And she'll move to her next thing she has to do, and I set, he, I set her back by not if, getting back to her in the moment. If I were, if I were Gary, I would take you out of the process. Yeah. And I would should, just start approving this stuff. I don't, he, he, he actually, we were there. Set up an auto response in your email, approved. <laughs> Anytime you get an email, it just automatically responds, Gary approved. Vincent, <laughs> Gary Vincent, Burning Boat, God bless him, Burning Boat Publishing, put up, he's like, Dave, are you still in this? I didn't know that I had to be in the moment approving these pictures Wake up, at, midnight. Like at midnight. It's like, 2 o'clock like, in the morning. Are yeah. you approving your story and yet? So, <laughs> that's what happened. But hey, we're 18 pages. Um, well, we're, we're 18 pages in of 26. It's going to happen. It looks good. It's very anime. It, it looks great, man. I'm, it looks great. Thank you so she, much. She's doing a Beautiful. great job. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very proud of this. I always wanted to do like an anime 
This is a dream come true for me, and it's an anime western. Weird. Yeah. Go Speed Racer, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first uh, for me was Star Blazers. Robotech, which I don't talk enough oh, about. Robotech. We have, to, we have, you have to do a show on Robotech. Are you kidding me? You're a Robotechian? <laughs> of course. <laughs> a Robotech. Did you see over there? Did you, did yeah. you call him a Robotechian? I did. <laughs> I did. Fucking nerds. Look, look over his shoulder. Look, they're right there. There's Veritech fighters right there, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, That's you're not nothing. a fucking nerd. <laughs> That's nothing. I just, I didn't know Robotech fans were called Robotechians. No, I made it. I, I, oh, okay. I didn't know. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, I had no I clue. I guess it would be Robotechies. I don't know what they'd be. I, it's one of my favorite, that's my favorite cartoon of all time. All right, well, we're going to close out here before we get too deep. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, wash your blue and green hair and see you later. And always remember, Mamie! <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric acid.